0: Hey, Rippers. Are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Say it with me. The more I know, the less I'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, The surfcontinuum.com. Now go check it. This week on the show, we got Chad Callahan. Dude's one of the sweetest nicest dudes, really a pleasure to surf with, but I'll tell you what, he's got one of the most unconventional stand-ups in the game, and I'm just so happy that years ago when I met him, I went right up to him and I said so, (laughs) because it gave me a chance to learn why he has the most unconventional stand-up in the game, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, I'll let you listen and learn a lot more about him than just his stand-up. Um, and enjoy it because it's a good one. I had a really nice time with Chad on the beach on a windy day just before a storm was moving in and everybody's running away from the beach, nobody's hanging, it was just us. And uh, yeah, really great episode. It's one of those ones where I don't have to do much talking, so I think some people enjoy that. (laughs) probably get sick of hearing me, I know I do. And uh, just let my guests take it. Here we go.
1: Three weeks before everybody bootlegged it out of the city and everywhere, everything shut down, mm-hmm. went on pause, we were on the subway, and we were going to run some errands in the city, and. Typical, you know, crazy person on the subway car just ranting and raving, like, I oh, got nothing, I this, and like, why, baby mamas, you know, like, food, and I didn't have any money on me. I didn't have any change or anything, and Miles and Monica are sitting down, and Miles is kind of scooting a little closer to Monica, and I'm, I'm standing there. And, and then we hit a stop, and he doesn't get off, he still stays on and nobody everybody's just doing this looking down kind of this and i'm watching him and i'm looking at him and the guy goes you know i'm not asking for much i'm just asking for anything a penny a dollar i'd take a hug and i go hey man i got a hug for you come here you know and i'm probably a good eight inches taller than the guy and the guy comes over and totally smells, and I don't give a shit. And I come over here and I give him a hug, and the guy, I can feel the guy really just pulling into me, and I pull even harder. And I get by the nape of his neck, and I give him a big hug, and I get him in here, and I go, you're gonna be okay, man. You're gonna be okay. Be strong. I go, there's other people that help. Just because these people don't help you here, there's others. And he's like, thank you, God. and I'm like, God bless. And we get off the train, and and uh, and my wife starts to tell Miles, she goes, you know, were you scared? And he goes, kind of. And I looked at him. And I go, why are you scared of things you don't know? That's just normal. And everything you don't know, you're going to be a little fearful of. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you use that to run away. You use it as a learning experience. Right. right. And I said, so. The worst thing, and it transfers into the water, is you know it's good to be, have fear; it makes you think. But it's stupid to have panic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good <great> point. <laughs> and it applies out here as well. I mean, my dad did the same thing to me. Cor was doing to his little girl. You know, and put him in the water and this and in. that. And bloop, bloop. I watched that footage of the. Uh, What's the guy's name, Kalani or Katani who body surfs Nazare?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy, Well, man. you
1: know, we'd be. I grew up in Del Mar. And my dad would be like, you know, 10 to 12 foot Hawaiian. My dad would be like, OK, I want you to swim out past the breakers and get back in in 15 minutes. <laughs> and, my, and I'd go, OK. And I'd be out past the breakers. And my mom would always be like, John, do you think that's a good idea? She'd, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. You know, we'll find out, you know. But I swam competitively when I was seven in the 12 to 14-year-old division. All right, so you were a swimmer. I was a swimmer. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my dad had a swimming scholarship to Florida State. He was drafted by the Dodgers. He was the first CO for SEAL Team 2. And water's always been around us. My Mm. mom grew up in Tehachapi, which Tehachapi, if you ever listen to, uh, what was that movie, No Blood for Oil, where they were originally out there in the east of San Diego, east San Diego, in that area, it's yeah. just desert, that was where all the oil rigs were. Right, right, right. You know, and so she grew up out there in the middle of nowhere, and so her and her girlfriend would go to uh, the shore, We'd go to La Jolla Cove. And when she was 12, her, her girlfriend thought it'd be a good idea to run into the cove when all the sand sharks were, you know, around, and started screaming shark, shark attack, shark attack. A couple of women passed out on the beach. <laughs> Guys ran in there and got about, and they were laughing when they came out of the water, you know. Police came, and oh my god. And uh, she was, you know, jokester, a, a jokester kind of. But that really, <laughs> my mom didn't. She it, wasn't, it was just her being kids. Yeah, thinking yeah, it was yeah, funny. Yeah not thinking of what it could do to others, because they knew there were sand sharks, but somebody visiting wouldn't
0: know. Right, I have no (laughs) idea. And I mean, they would know they
1: got sandpaper for teeth. I mean, (laughs) and so she goes, that's the only time my dad switched me. You know, he took out a belt, a switch or whatever, and just gave it to her. Oh, no way. And normally it was the mom who would do that. Right. And uh, (laughs) it was just one of those stories she'd tell, and I'd just be like, Yeah, and so I don't get that crazy shit from dad. She goes, oh no, you still do, (laughs) from your dad. You get your common sense from your mother, though.
0: (laughs) Like, live and learn. Right on. Well, that's some really cool background there, Chad. Thanks for coming down to meet me um, at the beach, one of my favorite places to record. Uh, You know, I actually, I got to say, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show is because years and years ago, I saw you surfing. And, you know, well, t- to put it plainly, you had the most unconventional, unorthodox stand up I have ever seen in my life. Might pop but up. But what blew bumpy. me away is that it worked and you pulled it off. And I'm, I'm trying to actually recall do you know how you do it? Or do you yeah, just. Yeah,
1: well, let me tell you what's happened to my body. Yeah, yeah, over we the want the years. whole background. So, in, uh, I played Division One football, uh, causes a lot of shoulder injuries separated both my shoulders. Uh, Lifting lots of heavy weights does a lot of damage later on in life. Mm. Though you look great, play (laughs) great. I uh, was in a car accident that left me paralyzed for about 18 hours. Uh, In high school? No, when I was, shoot, I would be uh, in 2001, so I would have been 33. And um, I didn't know how to react. I laid there while people shoved needles into me and put electrodes into me and and it kept asking me if I was gonna be okay. And I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll let you know if things are coming around, but right now don't ask me that question. So about the 18th hour, I started to get feeling into my feet. Not a lot, but enough to be promising. and. Mm-hmm. By the end of a 24-hour period, they got me up and uh, had me standing. And uh, even if it was only for a few seconds to get the blood flowing again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was lucky. Uh, I had nine herniated discs, three in my neck, three in my midsection, the thoracic in my back, and two in the lower lumbar. And then uh, years go by and I was surfing Hurricane Bill out here, I was just pumping. I was working, eating, sleeping, surfing, that was it. But before that I had a cut on my right leg below my knee that didn't really seem like much but I went and got an antibiotic and they gave me this antibiotic called leviquin. And it has a nasty side effect, it tends to rupture big tendons in your body. So it ruptured the patella tendon in my left leg which enables your knee to bend. (laughs) And so, simultaneously while I was in the hospital to get that repaired, I asked, hey, can you look at this cut on my leg? And it turns out I had staph in that leg and it was running down. They were more concerned about me losing my leg from the knee down on that leg than they were about fixing a tendon. So, I had severe atrophy. I had muscle and nerve damages in my body. From old injuries and my heart was still about being in the ocean and surfing I mean when you're laying there and you're praying to God any God anybody will listen to you <laughs> that was the one thing that really came to me besides my wife Monica I'm like man I grew up surfing and I got away from it I went to college and played football and then came to New York and went to school and then got back out was surfing again and then the injury happened and at that point I knew I got to get back to the water because that's where my best memories are the best times I've ever had besides my wedding uh, and that feeling of the glide that stoke there's no other word yeah. it's a glide in the stoke And seeing people's faces when they come out of the water. Seeing friends of mine that have autistic children that once they get their kids, they realize, I can't believe I didn't do that sooner. Because there's that exchange of energy between that ripple that's traveled thousands of miles to the shore only for you to share in the excitement of it. Mm. And that, to me, kept reoccurring in my head. Mm. And I knew that I couldn't deny that. It's the best drug ever. And they pumped a lot of drugs into me. (laughs) So I know. (laughs) So I know that, that crap they put into you and tell you, hey, we're gonna fuse the disc in your neck. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you might surf Waikiki on a small day. And I'm like, Waikiki is always small. (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you don't surf, so no. And then I made a decision two days later to get off all the drugs, which took six months because they were all steroidal. And I gained 45 pounds from the drugs. When you have a spinal and neck injury, you don't need to be putting weight on. You need to be staying light Mm. so your body can heal. And so when I would take off, my back foot would my my, I'm goofy foot so if you can picture it I'm popping up and I'm trying to pull my hips forward like a burpee but my right leg drags because my gait was altered so my leg opens up now and I have to point my toe in to really get that front foot forward Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to be have that smooth perfect parko occur you know, mm-hmm. takeoff—that just looks so fluid. But I'm not Jerry Lopez. It's—it's—it's <laughs> uh, it's, it's an awkward feeling, and I know it's happening, but I can't stop. So as much as I try on land, I have to work my body to get to the point of doing it. Some days it just comes all together in one, and the bottom turn is so much smoother but i couldn't get that front leg forward so my front leg would fold under so it would be kind of like a drop knee but the opposite my front leg would be down yeah, but my yeah, back yeah. leg would be up right right right
0: that's, and and I that's think, the tough moment where i'd always think like oh no oh no he's
1: just going down yeah. and then all of a sudden with both my hands i push myself back up again and that foot would be already be in the position.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you've replaced where your knee was with now your foot. foot. Yeah. And, and shoot, I know it
1: looks kooky. I know it looks funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care.
0: Cause you're doing the damn I'm thing. I'm
1: doing it just to be in the water. Yeah. Again,
0: the convictions speak for themselves. Well you know what, I gotta tell you Chad, because it stokes me, now that I know who you are and I know your story, I mean I've known for a long time, but um, it stokes me out always to see you out there. It's like a great reminder, like you cannot let anything stop you almost, you know, even, you know, dealing with all these injuries, shoulders, back, neck, things, it's just, it's such a, I, I don't see it as kooky at all, I see it as super encouraging. And, you know, um, and like, it's it's an awesome...
1: What's really funny about that is that I was in Tabarua, fortunately, uh, about, I think, last uh, January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jolie, the famous surf photographer for from Australia, is sitting at, later on out of that day, and it was a good head-high day, and he goes, can you explain this picture to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I go... Yeah, and he goes, I don't know how you do that, but I've never seen that. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. go, but then again, do
0: you have that picture?
1: Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't buy my photos. How could he not give you um, that picture? It, it doesn't. I'll eventually be back, and we keep in touch all the time because we have a good bond. And and to tell you how great Tavarua is, you know, he had been there for, he's been going there for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he was leaving to go back to Australia, and for the last two weeks, uh, the owners asked if they wanted to fly, him to fly his wife out and spend two weeks with him for the last two weeks, because she hadn't been there in 20 years.
0: Oh, no way, that's so nice.
1: And that to me says why they have such a big heart on that heart-shaped island. Huh. And, you know, Dodger Kreml was my boat guy you know, US longboarding champion out of OC, and used to be on the Lost program for, you know, Matt, and he goes, you know, that looks really awkward, but man, I see you go. (laughs) And I gotta say, that's really, really makes me feel good
0: to see that. That's how
1: It makes me feel good to to make people smile because that's my nature, but It makes me feel better to show you that there's things that that should hold you back, but don't let them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so do you explain it to these people, like what you went through or do you just kind of let them...
1: I said, man, I have more injuries. I shouldn't even be walking right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. You know? Um, So they get it. They know that you're an overcomer. They know that there's been
1: there's been success and failures but surfing is just that you're gonna have failures
0: right yeah of course
1: i mean i can't tell you when i was living in san francisco one of my favorite places is ocean beach and anybody who's a a surfer will tell you man that place is tough yeah it is you know it's like sunset it just unrelentless beach break you know you could get pounded with two foot surf as opposed to getting 50 duck dives and still get rejected to not make it out yeah yeah, yeah. and i gotta tell you it's it's those days that that i love the most is when you overcome adversity and and you let yourself believe
0: in yourself to me that's important and prove something to yourself you know you're, you're speaking my language here because this is just what surfing is it represents you know a kind of aspect of life where it's not all good, it's not all easy, but it's exactly that characteristic of it that makes it so rewarding when you overcome, when you succeed. Because if it was so easy, if it was so simple, then it wouldn't be that great of achievement to do well. You'd be bored. Yeah, you'd be bored. You'd give, And that's why we can surf forever, I guess. You know, I because hope. it's just a constant battle of trying to, you know, you'll never arrive. You never get there, quote unquote, you know. I'm not
1: gonna have stickers on my board. I'm not gonna be sponsored furthest thing from my mind always has been I skateboarded as a kid Um, I grew up a half mile from the Del Mar skate ranch I got arrested a bunch of times for (laughs) breaking in before they put the coping on to grind out that so (laughs) property damage and you know the old GNS team of like pineapple Saldino and Steve Sherman there was Chris Strobel you know, the Bones Brigade was just starting. Christian Huzoi was just blowing up as a kid. And it was just nuts that time. And then insurance companies got involved and filled them all in. Mm. So skateboarding for me kind of went to the way, but now I'm teaching my kid to skate. And people go, well, how can you still skate with your body like that? And I'm like, well, I, I pick my poison. You know, if it's, if it's gonna be, too much or I'm not feeling good, then I'm, I'm not gonna skate, I'm just gonna kinda roll. But mm. I think skateboarding and surfing is good for your body and mind because it offers up a lot of stabilization. Mm. Keeps you going and as you roll, you can't help but focus on things that you're doing. Right. So it really develops a sense of pure focus mm. to solve a problem because not everything so readily available for you to solve mm. you know it took me a few years to get rid of boards that I knew I couldn't ride anymore put a little bit more volume a few more inches and you know it's it's gets you back to that glide you know you got that 10-foot Bonville cruiser and you now it's just a little tiny one-foot thing but still the same glide yeah so you're not going as fast as you were on a bigger wave, but still makes you smile that's all i want to do is smile the most important thing for overcoming it is that you're going to get advice and you don't have to take it all you know i've had people go oh you know you should really work on that i'm like what and they go oh your stance and i'm like i have <laughs> That's why I'm still out there. <laughs> and he goes, but you, you look. I said, well then don't videotape me. <laughs> don't take a picture of me. <laughs> and you just start laughing. I mean, I, I was at Jetty and uh, First Jetty about four years ago, and it was after the Tumbleweed Tuesday, and it's all of us locals just you know trading waves and chip Patterson. chip looks out and he's walking out i'm just coming in after last wave and he goes did you just drop me into that barrel <laughs> and i'm like yeah i did phil edwards style but reversed <laughs> And we just started cracking up and he goes but you came out with your knees still down and i'm like dude i'm six four i wasn't gonna stand up in that thing <laughs> and he goes but could you? And I go, yeah, I might have taken an extra 10 feet, but I decided it was more, more, much more enjoyable just to see that view.
0: Yeah, yeah. And And stand
1: up and get my head chopped off. (laughs) And it's about that. It's about taking a risk. You know, I remember one time out here at Ditch, I want to say it was, it was, Probably when I'm having the quick prowl, it was Hurricane
0: Irene. Oh, was it Irene? It was Irene. Oh, yeah. I it definitely was definitely so would have been. good. Was so good yeah. everywhere.
1: And I was here out kind of. Towards in between Hoffman's and Big Rock and gal was out here and. She looks at me and I'm, I'm on the inside. And I look at her and I just start yelling, you gotta go. Go, go, screaming, and she went. Part of me was like, oh, good, she's going. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe she, well, and I hear her screaming on the drop. And I'm thinking, oh, you're a jerk, Chad. You know, maybe she, you put her into something, you pushed her into something that she wasn't ready for. And she made it. She came off the bottom and then started just rifling down as fast as she's ever gone. And she came back and she jumped off her board and she gave me a hug in the water. I'm like, what's that for? And she goes, that's the biggest wave I've ever been on in my life and I wouldn't have gone. (laughs) And if you hadn't told me to go, I would still be there waiting for something for hours.
0: Right, right. And
1: now I know my limit.
0: Right, right. And I'm
1: going to push it a little bit more, but thank you. Thanks for pushing me into that. And I go, I didn't push you, you went on your own. All I said was go. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) you made the decision, not me. I wasn't there, I wasn't pushing you from behind.
0: Just that little boost of confidence or or just put you on the spot, you know, and and it helps you to see, surf community is such a cool thing, huh?
1: The way it does that. I think I've gotten
0: some of my best waves. Because somebody was there and told me to go even just recently I can think of a session where it got pretty big and I was being conservative you know watching my my wave selection and being safe and I saw this wave that I fully did not want I was like nope not for me but just as I had decided that I look over my shoulder and I see one of one of the boys paddling out who and he sits up and he just goes Woo! it gives me a hoot, you know? Oh. And I'm like, oh, great, now I gotta go. You gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> and it turned out to be my best wave of the day. Oh. The sickest, epic wave, and I would have just sat there and watched it go by. And go. I was just like, oh, that was uh, a good one. That's a good one that I'm not on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mind surfing brings in a whole another realm of just looking at pictures or looking at waves or just looking at the feeling. And people go well how can you look at a feeling well it's the same way as looking at somebody who's not happy or grumpy or bitchy or super stoked or crying you know how to react by watching people somebody's having a little bit of trouble you know paddle over and say hey you okay or is that all right I mean I pulled my uh, hamstring about six years ago here and and one guy was like, oh man, yeah, and you know, I, I, as it happened, I'm going down and I, I, I couldn't fall off because I was grabbing my leg. And I'm just like, ah, oh. and some guy goes, oh man, he almost ran into me. And I'm like, dude, I, my leg. And the guy goes, yeah, man, go in. And I'm there in the water, clutching my leg and trying to hold on to my board because I feel like I've just popped my hamstring. And all of a sudden, some guy paddles up and he goes, you need some help getting in? And if you look at every tragedy that's happened around surfers, surfers rally. They come to the core, they adapt, they overcome, and they do what's needed to be done. I can't say enough about the communities in the surfing world, not just in the States, but in Australia. Portugal, islands, Fiji, South Pacific. And and the one thing everybody has in common is they have heart. And you see it now more and more. Sometimes, yes, we're selfish people. But that's only because we know what's out there. And we want more of it. I mean, I I say that because surfers are selfish. Gee, I could go to my friend's birthday party or I could get this four to six evening glass off. Yeah. I'll show up late with an extra bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, we've all done it. We've all done it. But we're not selfish. We just want to get another one to bring another smile.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, injuries aren't the end all, and everybody gets them. I mean, It's so interesting is people think surfing's easy. It's not. People think it's hard. It's not. It's like everything. It takes some effort. Learn, live, work at it. It's like going on a date. Think you're going to get laid the first night? I mean, what are you, a model? You know, I mean, come on, it's not gonna happen there, gigolo. You know, you gotta put some time in.
0: You know, you gotta have some
1: romance. Not the bromance, you gotta have the romance. You gotta be around looking at everything and going, hey, you know, life is good, I should probably share. So, in this time and in this crazy world, I'm telling more people to give more waves. Give more stoke. Look at yourself in the mirror and be better, because we're all better than this. Your injuries don't define you, people don't define you, but you as a person can define who you are just by standing up and making a difference and not giving up. If it means that much to you, have at it. I mean, who yah to all those people who who really bring themselves to the forefront and take the risk on bigger surf autistic children with a guy behind them it's uh it's important to understand that we're all in the same boat we're all in the same ocean and if we can't help each other out and do more then those injuries are going to last longer in you and they don't have to be physical i mean I don't I I like being kooky. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm also 6'4, so I don't see too many guys walking 220. I don't see too many guys walking up and going, hey kook, maybe you should surf somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know? (laughs) You know, I, I don't get that. You know, my feeling on that is, hey man, did you make the waves? No. Well then don't make waves. And remember, if we have to paddle in, we're not paddling in. I'll settle it out here. I'll get a wave, you'll get a wave, I'll get another wave, you'll get another wave. And you'll forget about what it is was bothering you to bother somebody else. I I really, really believe that.
0: Do you ever, I can't imagine you getting into any kind of altercations, do you ever? I grew up in that. Really? My, well, yeah, I guess. In I've that had time... some pretty
1: bad things, and I have an arms list of things that I'm sure I'll have to repent for when my day comes. I'm not proud of them, um, but I grew up uh, moving a lot, and uh, when you're a new kid, people want to pick on you. It's like when a new guy shows up to a break, people say, "Hey, man, you don't live here, don't surf here." Well, that mentality's stupid. Because if I live closer to the hospital, well, then, hey, I live closer to the hospital, man. So when you get hurt and come here, you should probably bleed out in the parking lot because, hey, I live closer to the hospital. Right, right, right. I mean, it, there's no rationale. To that. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you try, it, it, yeah, that's a great way of saying it to, to really bring some clarity to that mentality. It's, it's like, this is so you ridiculous. You don't
1: own the ocean, you know? Nobody does. Well, in the Maldives, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the Maldives on my 50th birthday. I'll be 55 this year. And uh, when I was there, they shut down the bridge for the locals' break off of Mali, which is really, these guys don't have ways and means. Malé's is more densely populated than Mumbai. And if you really look at that, wow, that's people on top of people on top of people on an island in the middle of the Indian Ocean but the feeling is the same there. It's just a little sunnier and a little warmer. And <laughs> the fish is a little bit more abundant, you know, and it's just amazing. I had uh, met some really amazing Maldivians there, and its uh, I carry those things in my heart. I pretty much take all the good things in and throw the bad things out, but I don't forget. Because I don't want my kid to grow up to go through the same things I did, you know. Some guy picks on you. and well, Like I said, my dad commissioned SEAL Team 2. And uh, so growing up, my dad wasn't exactly a hands-off kind of guy. And uh, we, we sparred a lot. And my dad's mentality was... Is, don't fight, just end it. And so, typically when I got into a fight, there would be serious injuries. And I've been attacked. I got accosted in San Francisco by, uh, I don't even want to know, it's right when crack was going rampant in the 80s. It's right when I came back from my honeymoon. And uh, it's really disheartening. And I really hurt the guy. I didn't want to, but there was no running away from this. The guy told me more than twice he was gonna really hurt me. I'm in shorts and flip-flops, I look like I'm here on the beach, but in the middle of a major metropolitan city. That's where you need to open your eyes a little bit, you know? And uh, I'm still shaken by that day because I acted out of instinct. and I think probably the right thing I should have done was knowing that I was probably faster than a guy on crack. Yeah. I don't know though. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that are cops a lot, guys that go, man, I've tried to put a guy down on crystal meth and heroin stuff, but you don't realize how strong they are when their bodies are going full bore. And uh, that's scary stuff. I. Uh, I don't condone violence, I don't like surf localism, I think it's bullshit. But I do think you have to stand up for yourself, and you have to stand up for your friends. You have to stand up for everybody, because people need help, and if you're not helping people, you're part of the problem, and if you're part of the problem, then move somewhere else. You know, take your problems with you, go somewhere else. because. We still live in a great country, surrounded by great people, whose voices are being heard now. And I know some people are upset, and I think there's a lot of things contributing to them being upset, not just the killings, not just the pandemic. There's a lot of pent up feelings amongst people that it was just a ticking time bomb. If it didn't happen this year, maybe it happens next year, six months from now. Nobody ever said there wasn't that when Ferguson happened, there would be. that was going to be the last. No way. Last time I checked. But people got to come to grips with the fact that our country is far more populated than it was and is now in the 60s, in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, past the millennium we're 20 years past the millennium when the y2k was supposed to crash everything and yet some people's mentalities haven't adjusted so in this generation we live in now we have to make and help everybody who's gone through like a generational trauma to overcome the same physicalities that I have the same mentalities that I have that you have, that friends of ours have. Everybody's got something they're not proud of. But if you don't stand up and make a difference, then what difference do you make? What is it? Pearl Jam has a song, a, a line in a song that says, I change by not changing. Mm. It's the same as doing nothing. All right. I think we're all capable of doing something or doing a little bit more than we've actually done. And that means a lot to me. I had to have a talk with my kid about racism. At one point he goes, well, you know, I've heard the word, but how come I never heard you or mom say that? And I said, because we lead by example. It's it's important. It's really important to educate and educate and open dialogue, have discussions with your children, your neighbor, and sometimes you find out, wow, I never really thought that about him. Now, is it enough to say, hey, we're no longer neighbors or friends because of it? You have to make that decision. I mean, if you slept with your wife, well, that's a given, but that that, that in itself, you know, you probably probably got big issues with that, but in general, people need to stand up. And, and really want to overcome. Don't let things hold you back because somebody said you can't do it, or you look funny. Oh, that's so kooky. Oh, you got duct tape on your board. Oh man, like well yeah. If I had some money to do my own dinger pair and do the stuff, I'd probably be able to do it. But nice of you to take the time to knock my board. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I think it's get on with living. Give hugs. Give kisses. Give shakas. But I I don't really do social media. I do Instagram, which is social media, so I guess that's a misnomer. <laughs> but I I only post good things. Like pictures of cooking cuz I'm a chef and some pictures so some of my friends can see, because I don't really read my emails. (laughs) I don't really pick up the phone. I really like to be doing stuff instead of watching stuff. And I think uh, surfing offers that to anybody who's ever experienced it. There's so much to do. Take wax off, put wax on. Oh, rethread that leash line. Oh, maybe get a new board. And my wife would go, do you need another board? <laughs> well, let me see. Let me go, how many boards do I have? And she'll go, 20, 20 here. And then, I don't know how many boards you've stashed over the world. And then I'm like, well, let me go into your closet and see how many pairs of shoes you've got. <laughs> oh, you don't even wear those anymore. And she's like, well you don't even ride that board anymore. And I go, oh yeah? I'm gonna go ride this right now. (laughs) And it's some 610 single fin Machado, of which really looks like it was made for pipe. You know, Rob and Al got together and made those Channel Island single fins, you know, 20 years ago. (laughs) And they're not the easiest board to ride. They don't have tons of rocker. They got that beak nose with more volume up in it it's a 610 but man once you're up and and going that thing just wants to rifle down the line cutbacks not so much (laughs) not so much but it's a it's a barrel hunter it's just that board I mean it was just the design of the time and I think I'm always experimenting with doing stuff I mean my kids eight and people are like, oh, is he surf? I go, yeah, he's he's, you know, hes done it in Costa Rica, but I want him to embrace it, not me pushing it on him. So he's got his wetsuit, he loves putting it on, but then it's hard for him to take it off, as we all experience. <laughs> I know, because shoot, I've had so many injuries that sometimes I look at anybody and go, hey, excuse me. Can you, can you kind of help me with this? Now, that's one of the kookiest things that probably ever happens to somebody. Hey, can you help me take off my wetsuit? Yeah, yeah, or maybe yeah. you shouldn't wear one.
0: <laughs> uh, it's so true.
1: I remember one time years ago and we were talking and and I had told you what happened and we were in the water and, and I think some of the best advice you gave me was to, you know what? I've seen you and I, I just think you need to You didn't tell me how to stand up. You didn't tell me how to pop up. You just pointed me in a direction and said, I think you just need to set your line a little earlier. So from the takeoff, before you even get that, make sure you're paddling at a better angle to give you that opportunity. That That extra, yeah. Nice. That extra two or three seconds makes a difference
0: yeah I will I, you I I'm flattered if I'm the reason that I see you do what you do nowadays which is as you're working on your stand-up you're going down the line yeah and and so you at least you know because I always say standing up's the easy part of surfing <laughs> right <Riding laughs> to me, the, it's the hardest part yeah. the riding part's the easiest <laughs> you know right 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 well you're a surfer now when you're learning how to surf though yeah people get so overwhelmed with trying like standing up and they think that's the whole big goal but really the goal is to ride the wave well which yeah obviously you know how to do that part now but anyway when you're riding the wave and you're making sections that's buying you more time to stand up and at the same time be riding the wave properly just
1: get out sometimes I've rode in way I know you know I've seen Bruce Irons do this bellyboard the drop and then on the bottom turn pop to his feet <laughs> And if Bruce can do it, fuck, I can do that too. Yeah, hell yeah. You know? Because <laughs> he's one of my favorite surfers, just for his attitude, just for the tragedies he's gone through. I can't imagine a model to people now. The stuff he continues on for Andy and the stuff he does now. He's still crazy, Bruce. But he's, he's a leader in his community, and I think surfers in general are leaders. Because you're right, it's not easy to stand up and go out there, and it's intimidating when all these people are doing it, and all of a sudden you're really good on land, but now it's humbling. Mm-hmm. And I think about being humble as to when I'm laying on that hospital bed with and in a room with massive amounts of lighting and people shoving needles into me. It humbled me beyond belief. It changed my life. It made me not want to find those situations where somebody needed a ass kicking. I remember one time here two guys they'll know who they are they were making a surf movie together and you know out here on the point it's a small town and coconut telegraph words get misrepresented and somehow comes back and one guy comes to the other and I'm talking to one guy and we're talking and in the middle of this conversation guy comes up and goes
0: you got something to say to me? Oh my god. I can't believe you brought that up. You were there. I was there. You watched the whole thing. I was sitting there. You were sitting there. Holy cow. I can't even believe I forgot that. and I watched the whole time
1: and then three days later the two of them are sitting on the log like we are and (laughs) all of a sudden I'm walking out of the water and one puts the arm around the other and gives him a kiss on the cheek and I go I love birds now I love it (laughs) and I sit down he goes bro you didn't step back you just stood there and and we're watching it like like it was a good thing and I'm like, well, it's not a good
0: thing. But yeah, I don't flinch in that situation. Dude, you didn't flinch a bit. In fact, let me tell my side of this story okay. because this is hilarious. And I you didn't move either. I, you just sat there. <laughs> you just sat there. Okay, all right. You're right. So two guys making a surf film together, and they're both artistic, independent thinkers. Ah, so naturally... Great minds. Yeah, great minds. They're going to clash at points. Yeah. And that's what happened. And you and I... So you're talking to, the, one of them's much smaller than the other Oh man, weighs, uh, you know, with a wet t-shirt he probably weighs a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, and that's the guy you're talking to. And you're just like slowly talking about something. I don't remember exactly what oh, it was. Bob. And I'm sitting in the chair like nearby and all of a sudden I hear thump, 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 thump. And I turn and look and see his partner coming up yeah. the steps <laughs> and he gets right in, in the little face. guy's face and he starts telling him his peace of mind and he's going at it and you're just standing there just like kind of you know waiting for him to finish because you just got interrupted from what you were saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i'm sitting there like shell shocked i don't even know what to do i'm like what do i what It was like it was that quick you know you don't oh it happened in a heartbeat and then and okay and then everything was fine the guy storms off and and i'll never forget this was my favorite thing i almost burst out laughing in the moment you went right you picked up right where you left yeah, off. Yeah, right where you, where you like, left off. And so, yeah, yeah that's I how I started know, learning how to surf. Yeah, I got back out here. And, and, like, I had to contain it, but my chest, like, my belly was heaving <laughs> from not letting the <laughs> laughter out, because I was going, like, because <laughs> 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 it was so funny how you didn't even skip a beat, and it wasn't, like, even a significant event to you. No. Holy cow. So me, me, and the little guy. Because the reason I was there is because I was helping him with yeah. other projects. We had a blast laughing about that after. He was all rattled, you know. He just got yelled at without. Oh any man, warning. he
1: he! I, if I had to put odds on it, there was a seventy percent chance he was going to get punched in the face. Oh,
0: I thought so too.
1: I was I was leaning yeah. more towards going. Okay,
0: one punch. That's enough, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah made yeah. your point. Get out of here. But we laughed so hard about you and how you just picked right back up in that conversation like nothing ever happened. I was dying. I told that story many times after and I'm so excited that I didn't even remember that until it was you just so brought so funny up. though. I think
1: about that every once in a while, a great while and I just, because you know, I like both the guys a lot and uh, who they are. and. And since then, they've they they continue to do great things and and work really hard at their crafts and and. Oh and my <laughs> gosh, that is too good. That is too good. It was classic though, but I'll never forget that. You just sat there, kind of going, uh huh, mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I was like, well, I better stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Do I need to go call an ambulance now? Because this <laughs> isn't going to get pretty or yeah. give them a head start to drive over
0: here in case they were already on the call. Just in case they get lost, we're at this obscure off the beaten path house, you know.
1: <laughs> Hello, we're looking for a guy who's bleeding from the head. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I came out of the water
1: three days later, and they're kissing each other, being all lovey-dovey, and I'm like,
0: yeah, okay, it's over. And the movie was finished, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing you said. Surfers are creative folk. You know, and that's the thing about surfing. I mean, I think the funniest things that I see are, I mean, everybody loves Tom Curran. Everybody loves his style and his great surfing abilities and his lines that he draws out, like being 50 and getting a 10 at J Bay. Mm-hmm. I look at that clip every couple months just to go, oh man, there's an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, just a reminder. Just a reminder. And, and uh, or the one of Anthony Munoz at 70, 75 before he passed a few years later, when him and uh, Wingnut, and I think it was Mark Andrini all went down, no, no, uh, no, it wasn't Mark, it was uh, uh, one other guy, and they did this scene where they were going to be like Mickey Dora, and they made their own wetsuits, and all of a sudden, they got fake, fake wetsuits, and they're boards that are similar to what were ridden at that time, and it's got to be Macken, 12 foot. J Bay and here's Munoz comes down it looks like he's wearing like a fur vest of some sorts like sheepskin turned inside out and he comes down off the bottom and then just starts flying down the line and that's inspiration or to hear the stories I had a great chance to meet rabbit kakai and uh, He was surfing into his 80s, late 80s. I think he died at 88. And uh, to see that respect for the ocean that gave him everything to accomplish what he did in his life, to teach surfing, to teach kindness, to teach respect, to teach love. And it's those guys in the community that we miss the most when they go. So I really, I really believe that I feel fortunate to have grown up in Southern California as a kid in the 60s and 70s, and later on, to hear the stories from all these guys. I mean, my dad's first board was a Hansen 50-50 shaped by Don and glass by Ron Smith. It was so heavy in front of the chart house at George's. I don't think it's called George's or Proving Grounds anymore. There's probably a new name. It, uh, it broke my nose. Hmm. So of course, if you've ever seen blood and water, it expands. So as I'm dragging my log out of the water, I got all this blood that's sitting here coming down my nose because I really cracked it good. And my friend runs up. And I don't know what he was thinking, but he starts screaming, shark attack. <laughs> so people start running out of the water. I'm like, dude, dude, that's, t- t- what are you doing? And I start to run away from him, which made people even more thinking I was attacked by a shark. And I go, it's not funny. It's not funny. So I run to the, because I worked at the house. So I run to the shower in the back, and I run them off. And the sheriff comes in the back, and he goes are you the one that was yelling shark attack? And I'm like, no. I'm the one that broke my nose and somebody else was yelling shark attack. He goes, well, we're gonna have to get a statement from you. <laughs> and that 35 pound log was amazing. So I go to college and I come back and I, I go to grab that board and I can't find it. Now it's got a, UT, a UDT, which stood for Underwater Demolition Team for the Navy. They were the precursor to the SEAL teams glassed into the tail block and so I knew that was my dad's board and I get home and I'm like mom I can't find the board and she goes yeah I sold it yeah your mouth dropped just like mine Uh... I'm like what how much did you get for it and she goes I got a hundred bucks can you believe it I'm like uh yeah, no. <laughs> so what, what what am I gonna do for a surfboard? And where'd all the other ones go? Oh I sold those too. Well you were off playing football. I'm huh. like, but but I don't live in college. I come home. She goes, yeah, you come home. Come home to give me your laundry, you raid the fridge and then drive to Mexico. <laughs> So I think you can work a little bit around here for a month, and we'll we'll find out a way to get you another board, you know? (laughs) But it was like, oh my god. (laughs) You know, everybody's got boards that they love or have memories of, or they break their favorite sled. It's that creative part. And it gets back to Tom Kern coming back and taking a, a cheese grater to the tail of his board or sandpaper to his fins. He's always tinkering. And that's what I love about surfing it's always about tinkering it's no different than being around water water causes damage ask any guy who's a captive of a boat you know they'll tell you oh yeah boats are great when they're out of water no problem <laughs> then you put them in the water and that's when the problems start <laughs> uh, it's a it's an amazing amazing uh, place to be every time you come to the ocean and uh, in all honesty I've done a bunch of different things in my career for media for cooking and stuff but this by far is the coolest interview I've ever had
0: <laughs> right on
1: and uh, I hear that and every time I come and I see you and Corey's wave and all the other guys, Austin, and everybody teaching people. I know that it's good people teaching people to be better and be good. And that's the right way to do it. It's not, it's not the right way to just let people flounder. I think it's important to help people along. I don't want somebody to get some kind of trip in their mind that, you know, what was supposed to be rewarding is now causing hurt and harm to them because somebody says something to them in the water. I think the kook word is really, needs to come out from being a derogatory. That's what the Coopcast is all about. And that's why I think this is the coolest interview I've ever done.
0: <laughs> so sick, Chad. Oh, well, thanks so much for coming down to one of our favorite places, mutually favorite, I think, you know, right here at the water's edge. Storm rolling in, huh? I wonder how much of wind the wind is going to make it. stay. It's, it's going to be windy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's going to be windy. It's going to be thunderstorms. There's a predicted a chance of hail. No way. But hey, we're in June.
0: <laughs> June on the East End. yeah, we got that June gloom going. Oh yeah, for sure. We're not out of the woods until July. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much. Thank this you. This is great.
1: Thank you, and I, I really appreciate you asking me to be on your podcast. And as I went through and started listening to a bunch of them, I think you're doing a great service, oh, and nice I hope man. you keep it up. And when you get to that 200th episode, we're gonna have to. Crack a bunch of uh, alcoholic beverages, and yeah, non-alcoholic beverages for those of you who don't drink. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we'll do a big old bonfire all the way. and and
0: and celebrate life. Right on. You know, I'm all about it. And uh, dude, I mean, you're on this thing because you're an inspiration. You know, it's it's the people who I just kind of I let this. I try to let this be as organic as possible. You know, I don't schedule too much. I don't you know, chase people down to be on the show, I just, will go about my daily life, you know, I'm a surfer, so I run into surfers all the time, and you were one of them where I was like, whoa, Chad, I gotta get, I gotta get Chad on this thing, <laughs> you know, we gotta let him talk for a little while, so uh, once again, thank you, it's and been I'm a pleasure, looking forward to that 200th episode celebration, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll have a big cookout,
1: yeah, that'd be great.